This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know why you won't bother me a bit when you put that in there if you shout and say thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I mean, again, it's a, it's a time of worship when we do that. All right. Well, we've been on the things of blessings in our lives here for several weeks. And again, one of the reasons I'm teaching on this, because I, I firmly believe that God wants to bless every one of us in this room. I don't care who you are. But again, when we talk about the blessings of God, there's always a starting point. And every one of us have a starting point that we've got to begin to do this. So open with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 is where we'll begin tonight. And when you talk about the tithe, the tithe literally means a tenth. It is a tenth. And so you go back and you study throughout the Bible, the number 10 was always significant of a test. It always had something to do with a test. And so you think uh, about some of the situations I'm talking about. Remember the Lord through Moses, he brought the, t- the, the ten plagues toward the Pharaoh, and they were literally, all ten of them were a test. Every one of them. And so there, there were ten tests. When we read there in Exodus 20, the ten commandments, all those ten are a test. Uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 1, it talks about Daniel and the three other Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It said that I will test them for 10 days. If you go to the book of Matthew 25, the parable of the 10 virgins. And so you begin to see over and over again, the 10 was always a test. And I believe that's what the tithe is. It's a test of your heart to say, will you go ahead and obey it? Will you step out and trust me? So we begin here. Matthew chapter 7. And as you're still getting there, think about this before we begin that. The heart of God has always been to give. God's a giver. And so the devil, he does the exact opposite of what God does. And so if God's heart is is to give, the devil's heart is not to want you to give. Because the devil knows this, that if you ever start giving, he knows what will begin to take place. And so again, part of the resistance is the devil doesn't want you doing that. He doesn't want you blessed. Matthew 7 verse 1. And and where we begin here is this is part of the ending part of what Jesus called the Sermon of the Mount, one of his greatest times of of teaching and preaching the Word of God. That's Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and parts of Matthew 7. Verse number 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I I read it fairly fast. I'm going to read it a little bit slower. And I'm going to highlight what this topic is about. And it won't take you very long to get it. Let's read again verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, with what was said right there in that verse, it begins to show me that if I give out judgment, that's what I'm going to reap. So, two main phrases that are in verse number two. He said specifically, 
For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And right in the middle of verse 2, he says, and. So I want you to remember those two phrases. That one and the last part, he says, and. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, what he begins to give us here, guys, is he begins to give us a universal law. So all through our day, every day that we're alive and we're awake, we're going through this world and we're sowing seed all day long. But he specifically gets over on judgment here. Now, go to the book of Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And this is the same passage that we just read. But instead of Matthew's view on it, we're going to get Luke's view on it. And it's a little different, but very similar in a lot of ways. Now, remember the last phrase we we talked about there in verse 2. Because it's going to come into play here. Luke chapter 6, or Luke 6 verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So once again, we see that right here in this verse alone. He talks about sowing and reaping. You judge, that's what you're going to get back. You condemn, that's what you're going to get back. But on the other side, he said, if you get over to a place in your life... Where you forgive, you will be forgiven. So he's telling me it all determines what I sow. Because what I sow, that's what I'm going to reap. And so again, I highlight this is a universal law that God has set into motion. Even with me and you. Now we all understand that if you sow a watermelon seed, you're going to get watermelon. I mean, I don't sow a watermelon seed and I go out there and I thought, Arn, I thought there'd be cantaloupe on this. We understand the law of sowing and reaping in the natural, but even as human beings, this is what we're doing on a daily basis. So God gives us in return what we give. And when you plant a seed, the ground will yield that harvest to whatever that seed was. Verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, Most of the time when this verse is read by a a preacher in any form, it's usually given in an area of, of, of tithes or offerings and even money. But if you'll notice there, he said, give and it would be given to you. He did not mention money in there at all. Could it apply to money? Well, he said, give and it. So understand this, what he just says to us here. Give and it. So whatever I give in life, and it could be money, but whatever I give, it will be given back to me. So we see right here again the universal law of of sowing and reaping. Whatever you give, Jesus said he would be given back to us. But watch real closely how he ends verse 38. And it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, And running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so again, he gets back over on on the law of giving. And if you'll notice there, he did talk about whatever you give, it would be given back. And so giving and giving back, that's all together. Whatever you give, it's going to be given back to you. Now, when it comes back through God's hands once we give it, 
It's always more than we give. Think about this in this terms. If you plant a, a kernel of corn, one little plant of kernel of corn, that kernel of corn will have this stalk that starts coming out of the ground. On the stalk, most stalks will have between four and five ears of corn. On one ear of corn can be up to 600 kernels that came from that one kernel of corn. So again, when I give, God said, not only did you give it, he said, I'm going to measure it back to you, you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, I want you to look very closely in verse 37, the first phrase, and then we're going to jump to the last phrase of verse 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Now, jump to the end of verse 38, and it says, for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So it's very same right here in this part as it was with what he said. But it all depends on what you give. That is, I give, I'm going to reap it back over and over and over. So what I'm trying to do here tonight is I'm trying to get this on the inside of this that all day long I'm going to be sowing seed. If I sow love, I'm going to be given love. If I sow hatred, I'm going to be given hatred. If I sow mercy, I'm going to receive mercy. Now, look with me as we go backwards a little bit. Same chapter. Let's begin in verse number 30. Luke chapter 6, verse 30. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from whom him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also to do to them likewise. The message says a simple rule of thumb. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. And so right there, let me read it again. He says, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. So you know what the Lord Jesus just did? He put the ball in our court and he said, okay, here it is. What do you want people to do for you? And I like the message where he says, as a rule of thumb, keep that thought in, in, in your mind throughout the day. How do I want people to treat me? Well, how are you treating people? What do I do for other people? Well, that's what they're going to do for me. Verse 32. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. You know, he says, that's not real hard. Even the world knows what that's like. Verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same thing. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. So he's saying here to do good for merely the state or the sake of recompense here, it reveals a selfish interest. Do you know what he's saying? Learn to do good to other people. Bless people. And don't bless them for the reason, you know what? I want it back. I want it to be treated differently. So what happens here? Well, keep reading. He's going to give us some great insight. Verse 35. But love your enemies. That's a novel idea, isn't it? But love your enemies. What does the world say about your enemies? They get even with them. Get them before they get you. But here Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good 
and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Wow. Well, so we, we see the phrase, they're hoping for nothing in return. So if I give someone something and I hope for nothing in return, you know what this has become now? It's not about me getting something back. It's now specifically come a heart issue. For me to give something and want not want anything back, it's from the heart to do that. And so when you read this here, you know what the Lord Jesus wants to do for every one of us in this room? He wants to take us from a place of just being takers to being givers from our heart. It's all about my heart. Now pay close attention to the last part of this verse. Hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. You'll act just like your father. For he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. You know who the unthankful and the evil is? It's me and you. (laughs) That's how we were before we were born again. So Jesus comes in and says, I want to change your heart. I want you to be children of the Most High. And so to be children of the Most High, we're going to imitate God. And when I imitate God, I'm no longer unthankful and evil. I'm thankful and I'm, I'm someone that's going to bless other people. So he comes into my heart and says, I want to change your heart. Then he ends right here in verse 36. Therefore be merciful just as your Father is also merciful. So again, why do I give? I give to give. That's my heart. I want to give just to give because that's the nature of God. Now go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15. And you say, well, how do you know the nature of God is to give? Okay, as you're turning to Deuteronomy 15. Two scriptures. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. How did God demonstrate his love to the world, to people? He gave. If you were to look back into the New Testament, John 10.10, the Lord Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. So again, the heart of Father God and the heart of our Lord, it's always been to give. And I believe as Christians, as believers, as children of the Most High, he wants to change my heart. He wants to get in there and say, Let me help you to get you to a place where you begin to think and live in terms of giving. I want to give. I want to give love today. I want to give honor today. I want to give forgiveness today. Deuteronomy 15, verse 17, or verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God has given you, You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from the poor brother. Now, look real closely what he said there. You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand. So you know what the proof of a hard heart is? If you got a hard heart, that's your hand right there. You're not going to give nothing. I'm not giving nothing today. I'm not doing that. And so again... He's showing me and you that the person that is hard-hearted will never open their hand. They live with a, a, a closed fist. But think about it just the opposite. What would be the, the sign of a soft heart? It'd be an open hand. 
And not only would be a open hand, that becomes my way of life. That I just open my hand and say, here, here. I want to be a blessing. Verse number 8. But you shall open your hand wide to him. You shall open your hand wide to him. The compound verb right here, you shall open your hand wide again. It tells me again, I'm going to give. And I'm going to give again and again and again and again and again. And it just becomes a way of life. Think about this with Father God. Did he give one time and just say, that's it. Only one of you is going to get saved. Thank God. He said, I love all of them. And he gave and he gave and he gave and he gave. And so here he's saying right here, uh, the condition of the heart. But you shall open your hand wide because there's a change of heart. And he said, and willingly lend him sufficient for his need Whatever he needs. So the word willing right there is totally different from able. Many times we have the thought, well, I'm not able to give. He didn't say if you were able to give. He said if you're willing to give. So I begin to think about this today. And this is how parts of these stories I'm going to share with you, how God changed my heart in my life from from always thinking take 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 to start being a giver just give have my heart and so i i hadn't been born again very long and me and shelly hadn't been married very long actually we're young i'm 20 and she's 17 why her daddy let me marry her at 17 i don't know the lord bless him but we're at Bible school. And when we started going to school there, you know, you wanted to look nice. And we didn't have very much. I remember those days very clearly. And I had just a couple shirts and I had some old bad looking ties. And they looked even worse when I'd tie them and put them on. You know, when you didn't about choke yourself. And one day a guy knocks at my door and he said to me, he said, you know, he said, the Lord put on my heart to give you these sports coats. And I'll never forget, he brought those in there and he laid them down and there were three different ones. And I couldn't believe he was blessing me with those. I was like, oh my gosh. And so an hour or so later, a guy who lived in the same apartment complex, he showed up and I still know this guy to this day. And he goes, he gave you those three? And I said, yeah, he gave me those three. And he goes, that one right there is smooth. He said, that one right there is it, man. That one, the other two are nice, but that one right there is incredible. And so he leaves and, you know, I put it on. And, man, I'm thinking, wow, that is it. That one is the bomb right there. That one, you're styling, smiling, and profiling. I mean, that one is it. And I never forget the Lord said to me. And understand when the Lord says to me, I'm, I'm talking about he puts an impression on your heart. And I knew in my heart how he began to work. And he said, I want you to give that sports coat to that guy. And he was about my size. He had nothing either. And I said, Lord, I'll give him one of those. And he said, no. Give him that nice one. Well, again, I had never had anything like that. So I don't know if you've been there. I started playing tug of war with God. And I said, I'm not doing that. That's my, I look nice in that, Father God. And I bugged for a little while, and as the evening went on, man, I, I could sense the Lord impressing. 
Now listen, anytime the Lord moves in your heart to give to someone else, he's always got a blessing in mind. Remember, I don't give to give, but when I do give, it's giving back. Good measure, pressing and shaking together and running over. So I knock on the door and I give it to him. And his eyes light up. And I never forget, the next day at school, he came walking in with that. He had a whole new look on his life. He was smooth, you know. And, and so I was so blessed to give him that jacket. I have had so many sports coats given to me over the years. That at times, I just send them in and send them out. Send them in, send them out. And so God began to break that spirit of a taker at, over me at a young age. And again, there's a starting point for every one of us. And so we're at Bible school. Me and Shelly, like I said, are newlyweds. We have nothing. When we move in there, we have one chair. It's a single chair. It's the ugliest avocado green you've ever seen in your life. Ugly. But it was all we got, so we're blessed. We have a kitchen table that has four legs, but one of the legs is lame. It's not good. And so if you sat at that end of the table, you couldn't put your elbow, or the whole thing would collapse. Our coffee tables were, were boxes. But we were so blessed. And so one day I come home from work, and I look, and out by the dumpster, someone has thrown a love seat out there. Well, when you have nothing, that dumpster chair looked great. So I got a buddy, and we moved it in. And so now, me and Shelly, we are really, really newlyweds. We got a love seat. That we can watch our black and white TV with the big rabbit ears, our clothes hangers. Some of you remember that. Some of you young ones didn't know there was black and white TVs. There were. And you know what the remote control was? It's me. Get up and turn it. And so you remember those days. So we get that love seat. And about two weeks later, this guy is moving in down below us. And I said, can I help you move in? And he said, yeah. He said, I don't have much. I just got a bed. And the Lord said, Give him that love seat. And I said, Lord, that, that's my love seat. I carried that in from the dumpster. And he began to work on me. And again, you begin to see how God moves in your life. And so I went and knocked, and he said, I'd love to have it. And so we moved it to his place. One week later to the day, I see a guy, and he said, you know what? I know a guy who has a, a hide-a-bed sofa that he's wanting to bless someone. He said, do you need that? And I said, yeah, that would be a blessing. He brings it to our house, and it's the same ugly avocado green as mine. But now we have a matching set. And I thought, God's so good, he's picking out his colors for me now. And we were able to bless people with that. And so I begin to see the heart of God, and I thank God for that heritage. And then, you know, let me tell you one more. I'm just really on a roll here. We've been married a few more years, and now we got two kids. And, man, we are running here and running there. And we had one car, and I said, Lord, we need another car. And so I get word that there are, are given the, uh, one car to the highest bidder. And the car was a 1977 Toyota Corolla station wagon. It looked bad. I mean, it looked real bad. But I made an offer. And, and I can't remember the exact dollar figures, but it was somewhere between $300 and $330 is what I bought. You can't even buy a bike for that anymore. 
It was ugly, but it would run. It would run, and we anointed it with oil about a quart a week or somewhere in there. And I, I remember, man, I was driving fast one day, I mean real fast. There's a lot of railroad tracks in Clovis, and I went over one of the railroad tracks, and the key fell out. But the car kept going. And it was a great, great uh, revelation that day. The car would go without the key. But you know what the greater revelation is? I scrambled around and I found the key on the floor. And I jabbed it in and I realized, that's the house key. So what happened? Any key would work. My brother needed to borrow it one day. And he said, where's the key? And I said, just jab your house key and there it'll go. It'll go. It'll go. I drove that ugly thing for 14 years. It looked bad. I mean, whoo, I wish I had pictures. It looked bad. I mean, if I put tires on it, I would go to a body shop, and they would say, five bucks a tire. And they said, we can't balance them. We can just put them on. I said, dude, so it was all over the place. Man, it's quite a deal. And there was a hole in the floorboard, so when it rained, you'd have to be real careful, or it'd splash up in there and everything. So there's a guy. Actually, it's Pastor Troy in Roswell. Pastor Troy had a bunch of kids. And he said, man, I'm needing a car. And the Lord began to say to him, give him the Corolla. Well, I thought, Lord, I'll give it to him, but I don't know that he wants it. I don't want to offend him. So I said, here's the deal. I said, I want to bless you with that car if you want it. And he said, I want it. And at the time, he was working for my brother at the church, and I'd get so blessed. I'd see him coming down the street driving, and they'd praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And so the reason I tell you this is because this is how God wants to work in every one of us. Again, it's not if I'm able, it's not with what I have or don't have, it's just with what I got, I open my hand. And when there's a need and you hear someone talk about that and God rises up in your heart and says, do something about it. Then I go ahead and step out in faith. I had another car here just this, this past year. And the Lord, uh, actually before the Lord spoke to me, I made a comment out of my mouth. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to sell that. Well, I got home that night and Shelly looked at me. She said, you know you're not going to sell that. I said, I know, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to bless somebody. And so again, I get to a state in my life, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And that's how he wants us to be. Oh boy, I told too many stories. We better get back here. Verse number 10. No, verse 9. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. A wicked thought in your heart. Mm, Stingy, stingy. And he says, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you. Now let me tell you what this means here. In the nation of Israel, every seven years, all debt was canceled. Whatever debt anyone, it, 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 they were canceled. Some of you say, man, we ought to bring that back. Well, it depends on what side of the coin you're on. So what this is talking about is there's this poor man who comes to you, and it's the seventh year, the, the year of all debt is canceled, and he says to you, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and you begin to have that thought in your heart, and you say, now wait a minute, if I give that to him, I'm never going to get it back. And so I said, huh, that's not going to happen. Now, now watch what he says here at the end of verse 10. Or verse 9. 
And he cries out to the Lord against you. And it becomes sin against you. So when I have something to give and I don't give it, it talks about its sin there. Now that verse, and you got to write this down because I can't go there for time. That is cross-referenced to Matthew 25, verse 41 and 42. Verse 42 says that, that, that when I was naked, you gave me no clothes. When I was hungry, you gave me no food, even though you had it. Verse 10. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Now again, if you notice over and over there, he deals with our heart. He said, you shall give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. You know what the the issue is with human beings? We're selfish before we give. And I'm grieved after I give. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I could have used it for this or this or this. Or you give it to them and, and next week all of a sudden you blow a tire and you got to go get a new tire and you think, oh, why did I give that to them? Look what God says here in this. This is powerful. Don't be grieved in your heart when you give to Him because for this thing, whatever you gave, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and to all which you put your hand to do. So you know what this tells me? Don't be moved by look and understand. God's going to bless me. And when you step out and you start giving that way. You look at your little hand and you say. The word of God said everything I put my little hand to do. God's going to bless it. Verse 11. For the poor will never cease from the Lord. Therefore I command you saying. You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and your needy in the land. Gratitude produces generosity. And I'm very grateful for the things that God has given me. And when you look at Abraham's life in Genesis 12, he said, I've blessed you to be a blessing. He didn't say, I've blessed you to hoard it. He didn't say, I've blessed you to be a little stingy gut. I've blessed you to be a blessing. And so again, when I begin to hear these things, I'm going to live my life in one of two ways. I'm either going to be a taker or I'm going to be a giver. And when I become that giver, I take on the very heart of my Father and the Lord Jesus. And the Bible's very clear in several passages be imitators of God. So again, it's not what you don't have. What, just whatever God's blessed you with, you look and think, you know what, I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless people. Whatever that means. You know, when you go to the orphanage, you realize down there in Mexico, and I, I encourage a lot of you to go to that missions trip. But when you give down there to those little ones, There's never a thought in my mind, how are they going to pay me back? (laughs) They don't have nothing, okay? And so when you give to them, you talking about a pure heart, you just look, and you you get so blessed. If you ever buy them clothes or shoes, don't, don't take off the tags, okay? Leave the tags on. They're appreciative of anything they get, but when I've watched and there's been a tag on there, They look at that and their little eyes look up at you like, nobody's ever had this. And I've never gotten as much joy as I've had 
to give some of them lollipops. Little sorry. I jab my pockets with lollipops. And you know what? And I, I, I realize as Americans, I can go upstairs right now. There's a lot of those kids in the children's church. And I can look and say, would you like a lollipop? They say, no, I don't want that. You give those kids in Mexico a lollipop, you've become their hero. They will honor. And so again, these are some of the reasons we go down there. But we're blessed to be blessings. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.